0: But tonight, as we come to celebrate this beautiful feast of Christmas, um, I think those names that are in the gospel are important. I just wasn't going to have a reason for everyone to laugh again at the priest for trying to like really, really badly butcher them. Um, But those names are very important in that scripture because those names, the genealogy tells us our story. Like it gives us the backstory of who we are as followers of Jesus. Because you see, when Jesus is coming, Jesus coming in the gospel today was set up by the entire Old Testament, going all the way back to creation, from the moment that Adam and Eve fell in the garden, like God knew that He was going to send Jesus to fix everything. So when we look at those names in the genealogy, they're they're telling us, they're telling a story in and of themselves. And good Jews knew the Scriptures, they knew their history, and they knew their story. So when we start hearing names like Abraham, like David, when we start hearing things like the Babylonian captivity, those were big moments in Jewish history. But it brings us to tonight, to the coming of Christ to the coming of Jesus. Now I know as a, as a kid, um, whenever it was Christmas, the one thing that I didn't want to do out of everything else was have to get dressed up and come to Mass. I remember the only thing that was on my mind the second that Mass started was presents. Because we were leaving straight from Mass and we were going to my grandmother's house where then we had to sit and wait some more for presents. And then after we finished eating, we had to sit and wait so that the kitchen could be cleaned. But all that was on my mind was presents. And then whenever we finally got into the room, all the adults in the room would just kind of sit back and wait for us and laugh at us and kind of poke fun because all we wanted were presents. It was the only thing that was on my mind as a kid. Still to this day, I'm like, I'm leaving here and there's some kind of present for me under some tree somewhere, right? So if you're a younger person, you're sitting there and you're like, Father, please sit down and be quiet so that I can have my presence. I'm sorry, but i got to finish my homily. But I still love you and I'm going to give you a big hug after Mass, okay? Sounds good? All right. But whenever it comes to presents, one of the beautiful things that we have in the exchange of gifts... I, I honestly have to say, like, one of the coolest things about sharing presents with other people is that whenever we give, like, the, the I guess, like, it really hits, like, it, you hit home whenever you give the perfect present to the person, like, to the point that they, they didn't even know they needed it, right? Like, you gave them something, and their eyes just light up, and it's like, dude, I didn't even know this existed, And I've been searching on Amazon, and I haven't found this yet, but it's like, it's the thing that fixes the problem that they didn't even know they had. See, the beautiful thing about Christmas is that God is giving us a present. God is giving us a present in the Christmas season, in the mystery of Christmas. He gives us his son. The present that he gives us today is not a box, a thing that we just kind of put, and it's pretty, and it's like a vase, or like a way to cook something, or some kind of other practical instrument. He gives us the present of his son, and he fixes a problem that sometimes we didn't even know we had. He fixes a problem that sometimes we forget about. When we hear that Jesus comes into the world, we hear that he comes and that he's going to be like the hope of all nations. We hear that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, that he's going to bring like justice and love and peace, his kingdom to the earth. This is all part of a kingdom that was messed up with the fall of man in Genesis, way back when with original sin. And Jesus' purpose for coming, his prom- he was promised since the beginning to be the one who's going to fix sin, which is a problem that we're all stuck with, and a problem we all need fixed, and he's going to be the antidote. Now tonight, I would like to dive into how is it that he's going to fix sin, because tonight we look at, we look at the, the, the beauty of the liturgy, we look at the beauty of the nativity, we look at the beauty of all the things that we do around Christmas, and sometimes we forget why Jesus came. But the mission for Jesus' coming is stitched right into his very name. There's no accident that God asked Mary and Joseph to name their son Jesus. Because of that word, the two words that that's compounded, of, like a compound of in, in, uh, in Hebrew means Jesus or God saves. Like from the very moment of his name being given to him, God is saying, I'm going to fulfill a mission that's so much bigger than what you think, like it's such a big problem that you don't even know you have. Like in a real way, he gives us a perfect gift to fix a problem we didn't even know we had. And that is that God is going to save us. If we look at, the, look, look at the nativity story, we have a lot of sets set up all around the diocese, right? In everybody's church, some people's front yards. We have these beautiful nativity scenes where we see Jesus there. And one of the people who's always there in the stable, usually you see a shepherd and some sheep. Now, why on earth is it that we see shepherd and sheep is because we know from the scripture that in that first Christmas, there were shepherds that came looking for him. And they were invited by an angel, an angel. And that angel looked at them and said, go and find the Christ child. You'll recognize him because he's in swaddling clothing. Now, being that I don't have a wife or kids, I had to go look up what swaddling meant. But it's this wrap, right? Now, this this appearance happened in Bethlehem. This appearance happened in the shepherd's field in, in Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem is about five miles away from Jerusalem. And lambs, baby lambs, were needed in Jerusalem because baby lambs were used in Jerusalem around Passover, and that was the way that people's sins were forgiven. Well, Jesus found himself... In a town where lambs were raised, that were used in the liturgical rite that was going to forgive sin. But even more so, the shepherds, whenever these lambs were born, what they would do to keep them spotless, as, as the law said they needed to be, they would wrap them in swaddling clothing so that they wouldn't have any kind, of, any kind of imperfections. They wouldn't break any bones. They wouldn't have any kind of problems with them. And Jesus is born in a stable. He's born in, and he's placed in swaddling clothing in the same place that the lambs that were used to forgive sin were raised. Like God from the very beginning knows the gift that we need. He knows what we need more than we do ourselves, that we need to be forgiven of sin. He knows that he's going to send us a Savior. And everything about Jesus' birth points to what he's going to do for us. In a way, the wood of the crib, the wood of the manger that he's placed in, points to the wood of the cross. His very name says God saves Points to his paschal mystery. Now, how does he bring it about? How does God bring it about? We know that's going to be in a few months. That's like after Mardi Gras. That's what we call Holy Week. That's what we call Easter, right? But how do we know? Like, one of the things that God does for us, he doesn't just give us the gift. He doesn't just give us Jesus, his son, God saves, right? He doesn't just give us his son, Jesus, to be born today. But he continues to give him every time we come to Mass. He continues to give him every time we seek him in the sacramental life of the church. He continues to pour out these graces to us that we experience in such a profound way today every week, every day, where we're able to come and receive him. Because the same way that Jesus is born in that stable and wrapped in the same way that a lamb, which was gonna forgive sins, was wrapped, the name of the town of Bethlehem, it means house of bread. The place where he's, the the place, the crib that he uses is a manger, manger, to eat. From the very moment of Jesus's entrance into the world, there's this pointing to the fulfillment of what he's going to promise us, in that in the Eucharist, in the bread, we're going to be able to eat to taste of his love, to taste of him who's come to save us. So as we come tonight to this Mass, as we come to the celebration of the Eucharist, as we come to enjoy as a parish family together the loving embrace of God, the gift that God has promised us, We see that the use, that the proper use, the proper way to put into practice what God promises us through Jesus is by coming here, humbling ourselves before the Lord and tasting of his glory. Quite literally, eating the divine presence and having him within us. Tonight, as we come to receive our Lord, we don't come just because we're supposed to, just because it's a bunch of things that stand in the way of us and presence. We come to receive Jesus, who is the present from God. He gives us a present that many of us may not know we need. He gives us a gift tonight that fills, fulfills a need and fixes something in our life, fixes a problem that we may not know we had. But as we come tonight to receive the Lord, as we come to celebrate this beautiful feast of Christmas with our family and friends surrounding us, let us first and foremost remember that God gives himself to us today, that he steps into time That he takes the infinite step from heaven to earth in the person of Jesus and in the presence of the Eucharist. He gives us a present of his presence tonight. May our hearts be open to him. May we receive this gift with loving embrace. And may we bring him out to the rest of the world and share that gift with those around us. Amen.